Estás escuchando un mensaje de parte de Vida City Church Houston. Para más información de nuestra iglesia, visita nuestra página de web en vidacch.org. Y ahora con ustedes, el mensaje. You are listening to a message from Vida City Church Houston. For more information about our church, visit our website at vidacch.org. And now with you, today's message. I am in Mark chapter 5, verses 25. Through 28. Mark chapter 5, verse 25 through 28. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and has spent all she had. Yet, instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd. She came up behind him in the crowd. She came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, because she thought, if I just touched his clothes, I will be healed. I would like to speak for a few moments using as a subject, think your way through it. Think your way through it. Most and much of what the church does today is centered by soliciting, by asking certain feelings from people so that now the modern church of today has no longer, listen, become a place of praise, has become a place of worship. Listen to what I just said. Soliciting certain feelings so that when we come to church, it's not longer really a place of worship and praise, but it's become more as a pep rally than anything else. Because the move of God is about, it's not about getting you to respond off your emotions and off your feelings, but rather to move based on, listen closely, your thinking. Many of us, when we come to worship, it's obvious. Look at me, not the person next to you. But it's obvious how worship is based on our feelings. Let, let, let me give you an example. If you feel blessed, if you feel happy, if you feel prosperous, if you feel all that and a bag of chips, uh, you, you, you begin to praise God and hallelujah and you raise your hand and glory to God and you'll stand up from your chair, preach it, pastor! Because it's based off of feeling. And feelings can deceive you. So if you're happy and you know it, say amen. You know, you, you, it's just a feeling. But at the same rate, if you feel depressed, if you feel worried, if you feel anxious, oh, if you feel tired, then you sit there. Your arms are folded. Your legs are crossed. 
your lips are zipped, your eyes are closing, you're checking your cell phone, nobody ain't even calling you. And it's all because you just don't feel like being here. You just don't feel like raising your hand. You just don't feel. And so sadly to say, that's what a lot of times the church has become of soliciting certain emotions. And Vida City Church today, when you get to the height of what praise is all about, God does not want your praise to be driven by the, by the syncopation of a drumbeat. God does not want your praise to be driven by the style of music. He wants you to be driven, listen, driven by the thoughts that come through your head. What are you talking about, pastor? Some, a songwriter put it this way, when I think of his goodness and, and what he's done for me, when I think of his goodness and what he's done for me, I will jump, I will shout. It's not of how I feel, but it's of what I am thinking. And if we could be honest today, for real, for real, all of us have got God have thoughts of what God has done in our lives and if we could just come through those doors thinking of God's goodness not about how I feel not about how my emotions are but if I can just come to church thinking I'm alive today thinking I'm not in the hospital with COVID thinking even though I've gone through all this stuff God still has me in has me in my right mind if I could just think of God's goodness I don't need a choir I don't need a drum beat. I don't need, even though we thank God for what we have it, but I can lead worship on my own when I think of God's goodness and what he has done for me. It's thinking. What I'm simply saying is that when you change your way of thinking, you can change your life. When you change the way of how you think, you can change even circumstances. And you can change, listen, you can change your thinking when you stop being governed by your feelings. You can change your thinking when you stop being governed by how you feel. That's why when we read this text, I like the attitude of this woman. Here we find a woman in the King James Version, it says, who had an issue of blood that was causing her to bleed without ceasing. If you are a woman and you are married most likely, even though if you're not uh, as a spouse, as a husband, but if you are a woman, you then can understand better how she's bleeding. And it's not once a month. It's not once a week. She is bleeding day after day after day after day after day. She is bleeding in a private place. Hello, somebody. It's not something that exposed. She's bleeding in a private place. She's bleeding where nobody can see it. And if 
You didn't know any better. You could look at her and not tell that something was wrong with her. You could look, you could look at her and not tell that she had an issue. You could look at her and she could be right next to you and you could not tell that she had a struggle. You could look at her face to face and yet not tell that she had a problem. You could look at her and walk beside her and you could not even tell that she had all this drama in her life. Why? Because her condition was in a private place that no one could see, that she could cover up, that she could keep in private. And how many of us here today, we have good public display, but we're dealing with private difficulties. That we in some way are similar and living her life. How many of you today, nobody would know what you're dealing with because you're all dressed up, because you smell good, because you can clap in the midst even of your pain, because you can stand up and shout. And just because you clap and just because you shout does not mean you have no issues. Does not mean you have no problems. Does not mean that you have issues in your marriage and that you have issues in your family. You have issues with your kids. The fact that you can give your offerings and give your tithes. And the fact that today you're smiling behind that mask. Or if you don't have a mask, you can say hi with a smile. And nobody has any idea of what you're dealing with and what situation you're in in because you have perfected the ability to cover it up. And I dare to say some of you are here today. Just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean I'm not dealing with issues. And I dare to say that if we're for real, for real, and we can talk, many of us that are here today can say, Pastor, you just drove up my driveway because I come to church. And why I want to praise God. And I need a word from God. And I need a miracle. And I need a change. But yes, behind this jacket, behind this dress, behind this blouse, behind this smile, behind all of this, hallelujah, and praise God. And I say it, and it's a sacrifice of praise to give it to him. But the reality is that I can hide very well what I'm going through. have, like I said, good public display, but private difficulties. The Bible says that this woman had an issue in the King James Version. She had a financial issue because she has spent all her money going to doctors, trying to find a cure. And now she was broke. Not only did she have a financial issue, she had a religious issue. Because the fact that she had that issue of blood, she was not allowed to go to church. Not only did she have a religious issue, but she also had a social issue. She couldn't hug anybody because of her condition. Not only did she have a social issue, she had a relational issue. Because of her condition, she could not be intimate with anybody. 
And I don't know who I'm talking to today, but if it's not you, you've had the privilege of just to listen and be in this session today because I believe if we're for real, for real, we're dealing with certain issues in our life. And I come to church because I need a, a word from God, because I need encouragement from God. And I come to church, but nobody really knows the issues that I'm dealing with at home, the issues that I'm dealing with with my marriage, the issues that I have financially, the issues that I'm having relationships, the, the, the issues that I'm having even religiously. She had these issues. Now you got to remember that the Bible says she's bleeding, she's hemorrhaging and the life is in the blood and for 12 years she's bleeding herself to death. For 12 years she is bleeding herself. You can bleed in 12 hours to death but this is a slow agonizing death for her life because she's literally bleeding to death. She's literally, literally dying. And what I admire, listen closely about this woman, that even though she is losing her life, she has not lost her mind. We read it. She thought. She thought. And so though she's bleeding and she's lost things, she's not lost her mind. And there are some of you here that I believe that you could testify to this because with everything you've been through, all the hell that you've gone through, you know that you shouldn't be here today. You know that you should maybe be alive today. You know that maybe you should even be in church today. But you got something inside of you that tells you this is not how my story ends and this is not the last chapter of my life if God has preserved me and God has brought me back to church and God has brought me again to hear his word there is a purpose and God wants to change my life and my situation but I can't lose my mind I can't lose my mind what the text teaches us here listen is that if you want to see change if you want to see deliverance, if you really need that miracle in whatever area, whatever area of your life, deliverance starts with how you think. The Bible says it there in verse 28, she thought. She thought. And her thinking was the beginning of a change in her life because she lost her money. We know that. And she had lost her friends. And she had lost her family. She had lost her stature. She had lost her respect. But one thing she had not lost was her mind. And you may have lost a lot of things, but if you could still keep your mind intact and keep your mind in Jesus, he said that he will keep you in perfect peace. And you're on your way to see a change, to see a breakthrough in your life because you still got your mind. You know what I'm talking about, some of you. Because some of the hell that you've gone through was enough for you to lose your mind and go crazy. And for 12 years, this woman is bleeding. She's lost almost everything, but she hasn't lost her mind. Her body was falling apart but her mind was still in the right place. Hello, somebody. And your life may be falling apart in different areas, but you ought to thank God that this morning he woke you up and your mind is in the right place. Can you give God a clap right now that your mind is in the right place? And 
that should be a shout for somebody because of everything that you've lost, everything you've been through. You should be crazy right now, but you still got your mind. Tell somebody around you and tell them, I still got my mind. Tell them, I, I still got my mind. I may be broke, but I still got my mind. I may be living by myself right now, but I, I still got, got my mind. I may be in, unemployed right now, but, but I, still, I still got my mind. I ain't got no family maybe around or to stay, but I got my mind. And that's enough for you to start a way of change in your life and to see the miracle, the deliverance, and the, and the power of God working in those areas of your life because I still got my mind. See, I think by now, Satan knows that he made a mistake. Because he done messed with your money. He done messed with your job. He done been messing with your marriage. He been messing with your family. But he should have messed and taken your mind. Because if you can think, if you can think, you still got the power that it takes to see a change in your life and your situation. Let me give you some things in the time that I've left from this text that I think they're pertinent to our, our walk with God and to see what this woman saw and to get what this woman got. The first thing that I learned from this text and from this woman is that let the context of your conversation match the level of your expectation. Okay, maybe that's a little bit over the head there. I'll say it again, and then I'll tell you what I mean. Let the context of your conversation, what you're talking about, let it match the level of your expectation. In other words, I know what you are expecting by what I hear you say. You get that? I know what you're expecting by what I hear you say. I can tell by what you say what you're really expecting. And don't allow what you're going through and how you're feeling about it to become the topic of your conversation because remember you get what you say biblically the Bible says that there is life or death so what are you saying pastor simply this I know you're going through hell I know your ex is giving you hell I know that the job, and I know that your employer, and I know that the manager, I know that the finance, I know all of that. But don't praise your problem. And don't let the conversations that come out of your mouth praise the defeat and praise all of that that the enemy is doing. You've got to turn that around. I know I'm hurting, but you know what? I got a God that can heal. I know that I'm lacking finances, but I got a God that said he is my shepherd and I shall lack nothing. I know I feel that I cannot do this but God says I can do all things to Christ Jesus who strengthens me you've got to make sure that what you expect matches what you think 
and what you think matches what you say. Hello? Let me see. Let me see if I can help you here. Don't, don't empower. Don't empower your current condition to determine what you're now going to talk about. It's a lot easier to talk about disaster. It's a lot easier to talk about defeat. It's a lot easier about talking, ah, I had this and I did that. I, I know it's a lot easy, easier to do that. But do not let what you say corrupt what God wants you to think. Let me see. Look, it started in her mind. We already read it. She thought. But it came out of her mouth. Again, your expectation needs to meet what you're thinking. So she's thinking, and after she's thinking, another translation said, for she said, what did she say? If I can just touch his clothes, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. Listen to me. She is bleeding, but she ain't talking about her bleeding. She's talking about her deliverance. She's talking about her miracle. She's bleeding, but she's not talking about that. She's talking about the change and the miracle that she's expecting. And some of us, because that's the problem that we have, that when we speak, we're speaking a lot about our bleeding instead of declaring the healing, the deliverance, and the change that we want. She thought, and what she thought came to her mouth, and she began to repeat it because she kept saying to herself, if I can just get there, if I can just touch him, if I can just get to this crowd, I know that if I can just, she had thought it, and now she's saying it. But, but, but here's, here's another, another nugget from this that I think is important. Listen to me. You've got to learn to change the content of your conversation. She's not, she's bleeding, but she's not talking about her bleeding. You're hurting, but you don't need to talk about your hurting. Are you listening? You begin to say what you're expecting of what you've thought. She heard a lot of people talk about her. It's there. It's in the text. The Bible says she had gone to many doctors. So she went to this doctor, and this doctor said, ah, you ain't going to make it. I'm sorry, you might have maybe about, you know, a good two years to live. She goes and spends more money on this doctor, and this doctor says, man, you know what? Your, 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 your situation is critical, and I don't know. I'd, I'd start planning your funeral. She goes and spends some more money on this doctor, and this doctor says, you have your funeral planned, right? And she goes from doctor to doctor hearing their opinion about her situation. So that means that every doctor had an opinion about what she was going through. But when you have faith and you have conviction, you don't base your life on what people think about you or what people are saying about you. You determine your destiny based on not what other people are saying about you, but what God says about you. You don't base your destiny on what you have heard and what you have read that they've said about you. You base your future on what God has said about you and what he has written about you. And so she doesn't pay much attention. What, what could, I done paid you and you haven't done nothing for me. Because if their compliments didn't make you, 
their criticism sure ain't going to kill you. Hello, somebody. She thought it. She spoke it. Let, let me close here. But it's nothing, not enough you speaking it. She didn't just think it. And she didn't just say it. It started in her mind. It came out of her mouth. But then she evidenced that into action. There has to be steps of action. She didn't just sit at home and say and think, I can only touch his garment. Yeah, that's conviction. The Bible tells us that faith without works is dead. So the fact that you just say it, it's not necessarily say it and claim it, blab it and grab it. It's about you having faith to move in the direction that your mind allowed you to speak about the change that you want. And so you can think it and you can speak it, but it's not until you put feet and action to what you're saying, you won't see anything. Are you listening? The Bible, like I said, says that faith without works, it is dead. Because the fact that I said it, it doesn't mean I'll get it if I'm still sitting here. That's why the woman, if you read the story, it said that she got up and she went through the crowd. She didn't stay at home. She thought it and she says, man, if, if I can get to Jesus, if I can... Touch the hem of his garment. You know, I, I, I think and I know that I could be healed. So she got all dressed up. And she put on the best clothes that she could. And she put on the best perfume that she could find. And she put on the best hand lotion that she could find. And she put the best shoes that, that would allow her to do what she had to do. And she got up, got out of her house because she had heard that Jesus was in the neighborhood. And so she got up. She had already thought it. She had already spoken. And now she gets up because sitting at home was not going to do the miracle. It was getting up and putting your faith into action that would bring and create the miracle and bring the change in her life. She said, if I can touch him, but I've got to get dressed. If I can touch him, it will only happen if I get up. If I can touch him, it will only happen if I put my shoes on. If I can just touch him, I've got to go to where he is at. Look at your neighbor and tell him, you better get up and get what you want. It ain't enough just that you shout about it. Let, 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 uh, listen, you got to get up. Tell them you got to get up. You need that job, get up and look for that job. Take your backpack and put it on the counter and say, I'm the best employee you haven't hired yet. You're looking for that house? Hey. It's not just enough. I got it. It's on the app, and you can scroll down. But just get up and take a drive, baby, where we're going. We're going to spend time together, and we're going to go ahead and look for the house that we've been wanting and praying about. You looking for that car? Get up. I know they can bring the car to you. Hello, somebody. They're making it a lot easier for us not to use our faith. 
Oh, just say what you want and we'll bring it to you. No, get up and say, God, I want you to know that I'm so serious in this and I've been praying and we've been saving and we're going to go out and today you're going to give us the car that we want, that we like, and that we can afford. You've got to get up and do something. If you're struggling with your marriage, get up, do something. Get the Love Dare book. Read it together. Fulfill the assignments and trust God that because I'm putting faith to my conviction and action to my faith and conviction, God, you're going to move on my behalf. You're going to do what I need for you to do in my life. You can't just sit there. You got to get up. Look, let me tell you how important it is for you to get up. I need at least about 15 of you that believe what I'm saying to get up. Let me tell you why. Because the last time that somebody got up on Jesus, I mean on Satan, Satan suffered his greatest defeat. Okay, I, I, okay, I, I, I lost you there. Let me, say, let me see if I can say it differently. You need to give Satan a Calvary flashback where he thought he had beat Jesus, where he thought he had finished with Jesus, where he thought he was going to, bury Jesus and forget and everybody would forget about Jesus but three days later Jesus got up hello somebody and when he got up Satan lost and he suffered his biggest defeat I wish you could give Satan a convulsion right now would you just stand up where you're at and scare him again and remind him I'm not going to allow you to take what's mine I'm getting up I'm putting shoes on my faith I'm putting shoes on my conviction and I'm going to do what I got to do I'm going to get up because if I get up I can get it all give God a praise right now Come on, musicians. Make your way up here, musicians. Stay standing. We're, we're about done. Last thing I would tell you about this is that it's very important how you think and how you speak. Aside of that, you put action to what you believe. There's other people around you that need to learn this, and that's why God is doing it with you. Okay, let, 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 let me explain. If you go up two or three verses, this story really is, doesn't start off with this woman of issue of blood. The story starts off with a man named Jairus who comes to Jesus and says, will you come to my house because my daughter's about to die. And Jesus says, okay, let's go. And on that way over there, then this woman interrupts. Okay? Now, girls, please don't get mad at me. It is a statistics that women talk more than men. And I think one of the mistakes on my point of view, Jesus doesn't make mistakes, but in my point of view would have been this. Jesus, why would you have to tell her, ask her to tell you the whole story? Jesus said, she already got her miracle when she touched him. Jesus now stops, and Jairus is there. His daughter's about to die. And Jesus stops, listen to me, and says this. Who touched me? The disciples are like, for real, Jesus? You're going to go ahead and say, who touched you? Can't you see all the people that are all, all, all pressed in you and you're saying, who touched me? 
listen to me. We could all be in the presence of God and leave with not one change. All these people were touching Jesus. It was so tight. But this woman intentionally touched Jesus, and that's when he says, wait, whoa, whoa, somebody touched me. That's why the disciples were saying, wait a minute, you got all these people, which means that we could all be here together and still leave without a touch from God, without the power from God. And then the Bible says that this woman came, and she told him the whole truth. Girl that's dying over there. My daughter's dying. And here's, you see, Jesus, I was like 15 years old when I started noticing this problem. And you see, my parents, and can you imagine how Jarius is doing? Look, like some of you get in Starbucks when somebody wants to cut in line. What? I think so too. See, that? that's the line over there. I know you guys are Christians. Oh, no, sure, sure, sure. So here this guy comes to meet Jesus and this girl cuts in line. And then after she's healed, hey, okay, you got what I still need. Can you go? No. She's, Jesus, man, I was like 15 years old, you know, da, 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 da. Then finally I had to go see a doctor. I went to go see a doctor. I had life savings there. By that time, you know, I had a good job. The sickness is still there. Can you imagine how Jerry says, like, who cares? You're healed. You're whole. My daughter is dying. So by the time I got to the third doctor, you can just imagine Jesus, the cost of all of that. Man, it depleted me totally. Jerry could care less. You're whole. My daughter's dying. Listen to me. God is letting Jairus be there. Because sometimes God will hold, I know it doesn't sound right, sometimes God will hold out your change, your miracle, your deliverance, because he wants to teach you something from somebody else's. That by the time she finished talking about two hours, you know, about her whole life story, people came from Jairus' house, and they said, Jairus, don't bother Jesus anymore. Your daughter just died. And Jesus turns around and tells Jairus, don't listen to what they're saying. What I did for her, the faith that she displayed, what I did for her, I'm going to come and do it for you. All you have to do is just believe. Like she did. All you have to do is just let your conversation not be your present situation. Let your conversation be what you're expecting. Think. And what you're thinking, let it come out of your mouth. And once it comes out of your mouth, put feet to it. Put action. Because faith without works is dead. Because there's somebody around you that needs to hear and see what I did in your life to encourage them in their life. And so who knows that today, this woman of the Bible, I needed to preach it to you to encourage your faith so that you can get your change and your miracle in the situation you're dealing with.